0: As the Rector of St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, may I welcome you very warmly to this service. Our doors are open once again, and we are now able to offer a said service of Holy Communion each Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. But these online acts of choral worship, which draw upon archive recordings of our choir and congregation, combined with newly recorded readings, prayers and sermons, will continue each week so that you can enjoy the full wonders of our amazing choral tradition until such time as we can sing once again. I shall be offering this act of worship on your behalf, so please join your prayers with mine. May the light and hope of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said... The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It is a great delight to welcome you to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the seventh Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, All desires known and from whom no secrets are hidden cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your holy spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through christ our lord amen god so loved the world that he gave his only son jesus christ to save us from our sins to be our advocate in heaven and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault we are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. of all power and might, the author and giver of all good things. Graft in our hearts the love of your name. Increase in us true religion. Nourish us with all goodness. And of your great mercy, keep us in the same. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
1: The Old Testament reading is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 29, beginning at the fifteenth verse. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah. And the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were lovely, and Rachel was graceful and beautiful. Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter Rachel. Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife that I may go into her, for my time is completed. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast. But in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah to be her maid. When morning came, it was Lair. And Jacob said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Did I not serve with you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Laban said, This is not done in our country, giving the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other also in return for serving me for another seven years. Jacob did so, and completed her week. Then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel as a wife. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, beginning at the 26th verse. Likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own Son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus, who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
3: hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds But when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full... They drew it ashore, sat down, and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
0: In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. For those of you who were alive at the time, I wonder if you can remember where you were on the 13th of July, 1985. Because interestingly enough, a surprising number of people, not only in this country, but across the globe, Will be able to answer that question very precisely, even those who have no particular interest in the event that took place on that day, which made it so very memorable. An occasion that really did rock the world, both literally and metaphorically. It was, of course, the date of Live Aid, the single biggest rock music event in history, which raised over 40 million pounds in response to the devastating famine in Ethiopia. I can certainly tell you where I was that day. I was a student in Cambridge at the time and I was taking part in a day's retreat at Little Gidding. So I missed the beginning of the televised concert, although I was certainly glued to the rest of it. And at least two members of our congregation here at St Bride's were actively involved in it, One was a rock journalist who was actually on the stage, and another was working for the BBC and had a key role in its live broadcast. Now, my reason for mentioning this is that a few days ago, I happened to catch on BBC iPlayer, the two-part documentary that tells the story of how Live Aid actually came about, which really was a revelation the odds were so stacked against it even happening and the obstacles were so immense that it was an absolute miracle that the event happened at all, let alone that it should have proved such a staggering success. Because initially, everybody simply dismissed the idea as insane. None of the big-name bands who were invited to take part wanted to have anything to do with it. There were massive logistical and personal problems with the American side of the venture, which was the key to making it a global event. And it faced opposition from every imaginable quarter, including, bizarrely enough, the major charities who were themselves trying to support famine victims in Ethiopia because they feared that Live Aid would draw money away from their own projects. And the scale of the venture was immense on just about every level. It was an attempt to address a humanitarian disaster on an unthinkable scale. It seemed ludicrously ambitious to contemplate even attempting to make a difference there. And it would take a ludicrously ambitious fundraising event to try and make that happen. The whole thing was barking. And at the heart of the whole absurd situation was the most unlikely individual on the planet. A scruffy, disreputable, loudmouthed, arrogant, Irish rock singer whose own career was in decline at the time, and who was notorious for being staggeringly rude to people and putting their backs up. Yes, it was the famous Bob Geldof. While I was watching the documentary the other day, and it really does make for fascinating viewing, by the way, I became aware of the strangest sensation, that there was something about that remarkable story that felt oddly familiar, something that was ringing bells for me, And it suddenly dawned on me that, of all things, it felt biblical. Obviously, I need to unpack that rather surprising statement rather carefully, but I hope you will come to understand what I mean. Because if you look at the stories in the Bible, many of them seem to take precisely that kind of form. In other words, the most unsuitable person imaginable manages to pull off something absolutely phenomenal against all the odds and in the face of insurmountable obstacles. An example I often cite is that of Moses. The Israelite people needed to be rescued from slavery in Egypt, so whom does God use to undertake that extraordinary task of liberation for 600,000 men and their families? Moses Moses is a fugitive murderer whom the Israelites don't like and don't trust because he was brought up in Pharaoh's house by Egyptians, the very people who were their slave masters. And Moses doesn't even want the job. Eventually, and very reluctantly, Moses goes to Pharaoh to ask him to release the Hebrew slaves. Pharaoh not only refuses, he responds by making the slaves work even harsher. Eventually, the Israelites do manage to get away, only to be faced with further impossible challenges, the impassable barrier of the Red Sea, followed by 40 years of wilderness wanderings during which they face thirst and hunger and uncertainty, And are they grateful to Moses? Not in the slightest. On the contrary, all they ever do is moan and complain the whole time about how much better off they would have been had they still been slaves. And they are also utterly faithless. The minute Moses' back is turned, they abandon any hint of their allegiance to God and start worshipping the golden calf instead. The whole extended drama is a combination of the ridiculously daunting and the utterly shambolic from beginning to end. And yet somehow, remarkably, Moses pulls it off. Now I should pause for a moment here to be clear about what it is that I am not saying. I am certainly not suggesting that Bob Geldof Remarkable though he is, is any kind of saint. Although actually, having said that, neither was Moses. Nor am I suggesting that we can attribute the extraordinary success of live aid to some kind of divine intervention. No, the point I want to make is a more subtle one, and it relates to this morning's Gospel reading, which recounted the parable of the mustard seed, As we heard, this is the smallest, most unpromising, and most insignificant of seeds, but it is the one seed that grows into a tree so great that birds can nest in its branches. And Jesus uses that parable to speak about the kingdom of God and how it works. Because the ways of God are always far more surprising And unexpected and subversive than we ever expect or imagine. It is absolutely routine in Scripture for God to use the most unsuitable and inappropriate of people to achieve the most impossible of tasks, and to do so against all the odds. And this is where we can see a parallel of sorts in the whole Live Aid story. An event that incidentally completely transformed our view of what is possible in the most extreme situation of utter despair, the kind of human catastrophe that would otherwise have left us shrugging our shoulders because it was simply too great for anyone to deal with it. There was nothing to be done. Live Aid showed us otherwise and it also shows us how the most unlikely of human activities and gifts and contributions can be taken up and transformed into a mechanism of profound change. Fast forward to today. We are all very well aware that we live in difficult and uncertain times. The experience of lockdown has been hard enough, but it would seem that some of the biggest and most far-reaching challenges are yet to come given the likely long-term economic and social consequences of the pandemic. And those challenges will affect us all. With forces as powerful as that and as uncertain as that shaping our lives and our futures, it is so easy to feel dwarfed by the sheer immensity of the task that lies ahead. But all that it takes is for one person, however unlikely or ill qualified, to catch fire with a passion to do something, to get involved, to, ta- to make a difference. For the unthinkable, not merely to become thinkable, but reality. And it seems to me that That is the reason why the parable of the mustard seed really is a parable for our times and for our individual lives. Because it says to all of us, do not be afraid. Do not give up hope. Be prepared to imagine that things can be better and so believe in that vision. Then help to bring it about. Today's collect, the special prayer for today, addresses God as the author of all good things. Because all good things have something of God deep within them, regardless of how pious or ungodly or frail or broken or unlikely the person who is acting may appear to be to those of us who are looking on. God's love and grace really is that extraordinary and that powerful and that amazingly and wonderfully subversive. And thanks be to God for that. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words. We acknowledge one baptism for forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray.
4: In the power of the Spirit and in union with Christ, let us pray to the Father. Heavenly Father, we pray for all who listen to your call and find purpose in ministering to your people. May they have the insight and passion to spread your word across the world, that you may cast your net widely so that many may come to know your power and love. We pray for the leaders of our church, especially those who would this week normally be leading the Lambeth Conference. Give them the insight and wisdom to find ways to ensure We continue to spread your word, even if they can't meet together at this time. And as we enjoy starting to be able to meet again together in church, we pray for Alison, our rector, Jeff, our associate priest, and all the team at St Bride's that have worked so hard to keep your flame alight here in church and give thanks for how they have kept our St Bride's family together and increased its reach through our online services. Lord, in your mercy,
3: hear hear our our prayer. prayer.
4: Lord God, as our world continues to face into the challenge of coronavirus, we pray for the biomedical scientists, virologists and lab technicians, who are working across the United Kingdom and the world to develop a vaccine to protect us from further harm and allow us to return to a more normal life. We pray that we will learn from this experience and respect your world and never again take for granted the many and simple pleasures you have given us. May we continue to show compassion and care for those who are less fortunate than ourselves. We pray especially today for the people of South Africa and South America where the virus is tightening its grip. Give them the faith and support and resolve they need to keep going. Grant that our government, Prime Minister, and the leaders of the rest of the world may have the compassion and sound judgment to make bold long-term decisions for all your people. Bless and protect our Queen and all her family We give thanks for the recent marriage of Princess Beatrice and Eduardo and pray that they may enjoy a long and happy married life together. Lord, in your mercy,
0: hear hear our our prayer.
5: prayer.
4: In this very strange year of homeschooling, Zoom PE lessons and cancelled birthday parties, we pray for all our children as they start their summer holidays, that they may have fun Relax and enjoy playing together again. Give strength to their parents, grandparents and carers and all those who are giving their time, passion and commitment to look after them. Protect those that are feeling lonely or frightened because they don't have the loving care they deserve. We pray also for our grown-up children who are graduating, leaving school or college and starting their adult life and adventures at this difficult time. Guide and encourage them to live the life they have imagined and not to be discouraged by the current challenges. Show them how to bring the talents you have given them to life. Lord, in your mercy,
0: hear hear our our prayer.
4: prayer. As we start to unlock our lives and try to get back to normal, We pray for all our nurses, midwives, healthcare assistants and allied healthcare professionals and doctors who are exhausted but not defeated. Give them the strength and courage to carry on as they continue to fight the virus, catch up with waiting lists and look after the sick and dying. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. Be by the side of and comfort those in pain, those who are facing the scary challenge of illness and the loved ones that face it with them. Give them the strength and faith to make the most of every day and by the power of the Holy Spirit, grant that they may return to good health as quickly as possible. Let us remember also those who have died and that have now joined you in heaven We pray that they will find peace with you and that you will comfort those left behind. May they have the strength to celebrate and remember all the good times and the memories of their time with us. We pray also for those whose anniversaries occur at this time. May perpetual light shine upon them and may they rest in peace. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. prayer. Finally, we take time to remember in silence all those known only to us who need your support and love. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
0: Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise, Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word, through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving Spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name forever praising you and singing. and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving we do not presume to come to this your table merciful lord trusting in our own righteousness but in your manifold and great mercy we are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table but you are the same lord whose nature is always to have mercy grant us therefore gracious lord Let us pray. Lord God, whose Son is the true vine and the source of life, ever giving himself that the world may live, may we so receive within ourselves the power of his death and passion that, in his saving cup, we may share his glory and be made perfect in his love, for he is alive and reigns now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory amen, amen.